Daddy Potter, Chapter 8 The Sorting Google Glass Incredulously, the line of first-year baby wizard father-dads walked to the front of the room, led by Professor Bionicle. All right, you little baby dads, you're about to get sorted. The baby dads watched as Dumbledad Linguini stood up handsomely and presented a pillow. Why? That can't be the thing that will sort us and judge us for the rest of our lives, can it? Not a pillow, Tep Tim. I don't want to get sorted by a pillow. Uh, oh, sorry not to interrupt, said Rob. I'm pretty sure it's what's on the pillow. Shush, Rob. We're working it out, Rob. Yes, now I see, Rob. I would have gotten there if you'd given me a second. Yes, and now I see this Google Glass Rob. on the we pillow. We were almost there. Oh, wow, thank you. And there on the pillow was an old curiously beat up pair of Google Glass from 2013. What could an old piece of POS for lawn technology like this be doing on top of that pillow about to sort us? Humroin Musk proudly raised her chin and said, that pair of Google Glass has been sorting baby dads ever since its original owner had to stop wearing it because everyone thought it made him look like an idiot. And a perv. <gasps> Baby Tim gasped. And just then, they noticed a small crack in the side of the glass open like a split and turn into a mouth. <gasps> a curious voice issued from the crack. The sorting Google Glass began to sing. Oh, welcome baby dads to hug that school of magic. It's time for you to all get sorted and forever changed. Some of you are rejects and some of you are good. Some of you are brave and some of you are lame. Inside of every baby dad is one of four types. You're either a hero dad or a very knowing dad or a very boring dad or a very evil dad. If a smart dad I saw, I'd put him in Jeffinclaw. And a dad who's not worth much, I'd put him in Googlepuff. If an evil dad you will, I put you in Slitherbill. And every dad that I adore, I put into Stevendor. Come on now and put me on. On your faces where I belong. To look inside your brain and see how I will forever determine your destiny. You could be forever powerful and evil, see? Or you could be the hero of the story. Hee hee hee. The baby dads listened for 45 minutes as the Google Glass continued to sing. Occasionally the Google Glass would get on a rhyme that they couldn't quite work out in the moment and they'd repeat a stanza or two and then come back to it. And magically, none of the words fit in the meter. Finally, it wrapped up and the whole room burst into applause for all of the older dad students had already gone through this beautiful and magical display. 
Looking around them, they saw that everyone was sitting at four long tables, delineated by different colours, and they could tell that the four houses of Hogdad's school were all there, ready to welcome their new initiates into each house. The Stevendor table was all done up in beautiful black, like a turtleneck. And all of the Stevendor students were seated holding beautiful iPhones and iPads and trying to get them to sync their contacts and their notes app, which couldn't be done any longer due to the latest update. The Google Puff table was all terrible bright colored rainbow things, no coordination or any style whatsoever. More garish, just, garish just like to look a, at. No thought went into it, sort of a design. Hamroin leaned over and said, Every year, they redesign the Google Puff table and make it look even worse. For time memoriam, the Jeffenclaw table had just been a nice lime green. Everyone at the Jeffenclaw table had shaved heads to honor their founder. And the Slitherbill table glowed the eerie green of the Xbox logo. All of them had multiple monitors that could turn in any direction. Folding monitors, pens galore. The utility was amazing and yet dark and evil. Why, I wonder why they let the evil house in the school and train these evil students to be evil. It seems like a, a bad calculation by my lights, said Baby Tep Tim. Yes, I wonder that too, Baby Tep Tim. <sighs> But I guess it's best to have your friends close and your enemies closer, said Baby Tep Ted, eyeing one of the pens. All right, which of you little POSs is getting sorted first, said Professor Bionicle. This one and the two baby dads pushed Rob forward stumblingly as he was carrying all of their luggage. A number of other red-headed, decrepit-looking poor people at the Stevendor table all stood up, eyes beaming as little Rob walked towards the Google Glass, for they knew without a doubt that he would get sorted into the house with them. And sure enough, before the Google Glass even touched the tops of his freckly little ears, the Google Glass yelled, Patches on the pants! Dirt behind the ears, big family, no money, better be Stevendor. And a great cry went up from the, all the red-headed poor people at the Stevendor table as Rob proudly dragged their luggage over to the table. Why, I don't understand, said Baby Tep Tim. Rob's a POS. I thought Stevendor was the good table. Yes, so did I. But I guess we have to have some upward mobility for people. Besides, said Hemrine Musk, his whole family's in Stevendor, so obviously he would be too. But surely, Hemrine, you're not just born into one of these houses. Why, that would suggest some sort of determinism. It's almost like it's impossible to change based on your birth. That's right, said Hemroin. Everyone here has already been fully formed at birth, and we simply put them where they belong. It's impossible for anyone to ever change from how they are genetically destined to be. Yippee! Yay! I can't believe what a comforting world that is. Why, if that's true, said Teptim, that would mean that we're genetically incapable of ever doing anything wrong. That's right, said Hemroin. Well, we better all get sorted into the right house together. Several other baby dads made their way to the front. There was Thomas from the parking lot. He's a Google Puff 
Um, Chris Pepper went into Jeff and Claw. And obviously, Rando Malware and his little puppy dog servant Marvin ended up in Slitherbill. A gloomy cheer erupted from their table as they took their place and quickly grabbed a very useful stylus and a touchscreen connected to a laptop. Finally, Hemorrhoid had just been sorted into Stephen Dorr. Oh, hooray, she pouted, and bushingly, she bobbed her head full of her bushy hair plugs bobbingly over to the table and took a seat right where Rob was sitting. Go on, move. Move. He got up and moved. Finally, all eyes were on the baby daddy Potters. Everyone knew that their father, which who they don't want to, well, let's not talk about him. Everyone knew that they had to be in Stevendor, didn't they? A whisper went up around the room. Did you hear how they've been abused in their lives? Oh, it's been terrible the way they're treated by their wow, family. Wow, they're so handsome. I couldn't believe how incredibly attractive they are, even though they've suffered the ails of fatherhood. And even though they're babies. Nervously, and yet completely confidently, they stood as Professor Bionicle put the Google Glass over their collective heads. Here you go, a two-for-one deal! The sound seemed to muffle around them, as if someone had put a dampener on the whole room and they were listening to it from out of a fog. And just then, a voice was in their head. But it wasn't like Eggman. This one wasn't telling them to do things. Well, well, let's see. Where to put you? Very intelligent. Very put upon. Always right in everything you do and say. Hmm. Needs a GD minute. Uh, That could put you in Google Path. Hmm. Like to buy things online, that's, that could put you in Jeff and Claw. Yes, love technology and being able to do a lot with it. Oh, Slitherbill could do you well, yes. No, not Slitherbill. That's evil. It's bad. Obviously, that's the worst one. Jeez Louise, what are you thinking? But you could do incredible things if you weren't locked into just having to buy the same Mac products that break every month. You could have pens and touch screens for a fraction of the cost and USB ports galore. Baby Tep Ted, this is ridiculous. We don't want to be in Slitherbill. Yes, we don't. Oh, well, if it's not Slitherbill, then I guess it better be. And he yelled out loud, Stephen Dorr! And the whole auditorium erupted in applause and cheers. Smilingly, they beamed as they headed down towards the Stephen Dorr table, and a number of other freckly red-headed poor people got off their chairs and gave them to baby Tep Ted and Tep Tim. Oh, and by the way, said Baby Tep Tim, the Google Glass is broken. Someone should toss it out and get a new one. Just then, Dumbledad Linguini stood up and said, Now that the sorting has been done, I think it's about time to have some culinary fun. I have two words for you. Pepto-Bismol. And with that... The tables were magically full of the most amazing and beautiful British meals they'd ever seen. 
There was a salted pork yogurt soup. There was an eel pie with live eels. There were trays and trays of unseasoned potato. Grey mushy peas and pickled eggs. Watery beans next to a burnt sausage. Curry on top of mutton. The most inedible pizza you've ever had in your life. A chunky pork and gelatin pie that had been cooled down to room temperature. And that's not even to mention the drinks, for the baby dads looked as all of their goblets miraculously filled up with room temperature Pepto-Bismol. And tepid, spew-colored lager. Wow, baby, tepped him. I've never eaten so well before in my life. And no one here telling us to stop shoveling it in so fast and to make conversation and to ask any, even a single GD question about anyone else's day and just letting us be on our phones while we eat. And I love that we're British now. I feel really cool. And I can't wait for the rest of our time at Hogdad's to go off without incident, Baby Tep Tim said. Although out of the corner of his eye, he saw Gangrene lean over to Dumbledad Linguini and burp in his ear. At the sound, Professor Snake turned and glared at Gangrene's back. And then with the slow turning look of Elizabeth Bennet, he moved around his eyes towards the two baby dads and seemed to shoot daggers in their general direction and mouthed the words, I loved your mother and I hate you. Oh, well, said Baby Tep Tim. Not really my problem. Let's keep eating and looking at our phones. And they did. The The end. end of chapter eight. Join us next week for Daddy Potter chapter nine. After dinner, something else happens. Coming up next on BBC, it's Daddy Potter 9. Followed by Bishop's Crossing. Donovan's brother's back, but no one's very happy to see him. Has he truly changed his ways, or is it going to be at the Christmas festival all over again? And stay tuned after that for a bit of late night Doctor Who. The Doctor's back, and it's a cow now. And finally, stay tuned for Princeton Landing, the brand new BBC show about a big city man who becomes a surveyor in a small Cornish town. That may sound boring, and it is. Now, wait a second, you're telling me this bit of land is supposed to go from that fence to that highway? But I've paced it out myself. That's only 13 yards. Oh, yes, but that's my yard. Well, I think this land hasn't been surveyed properly. We're going to have to draw up these lines all over again. I can hardly believe we'll have to do all that paperwork again. Yes, and you can imagine I'm particularly unenthused as my sister's coming to stay with me. Oh, hello, I showed up early. Oh, I really can't be doing this right now. I've got too much surveying to do to be dealing with the fact that your marriage is on the skids again. Oh, don't you bring up my Henry. He's a good man, he just can't get off the couch. Uh, hello, my name's Pete. I'm a young boy, but I work hard. All right, Pete, we'll find a spot for you here in the office, but keep the hijinks to a minimum this survey. <laughs>